0: Brazilien, <laughs> right what is resilience? resilience. <laughs> that that cannot can be, be a crazy. word. I mean look, even Nicholas just said like a hundred times, Tiger's the best that I've ever seen. Would you all just leave me alone? Stop <laughs> trying to let me suffer. Look, I, I
1: just to want bring to be miserable. Back up a <laughs>
0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Big Players Only podcast, the partner of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. We are the best place to catch up on golf from around the world, including the golf of your favorite big players: Ben, Josh, Tyler, Tully, Colin, and Kenny One Putt. The boys are back to recap a pretty dismal weekend at the Ryder Cup. The U.S. gets blown out by five points. It looked like there was a little hope there on Sunday singles. A couple matches go here or there. But nonetheless, the U.S. team did not show up. Some pretty dismal performances from some of their biggest players. On the flip side, the European team, Rory, Rom, and Victor Hovlin all played amazing. We'll break down the best players, the worst players, and the biggest storylines from this past week at Marco Simone. If you haven't yet, head on over to Instagram and follow us at Big Players Only Pod. Thanks for being here. The boys are back, and we are here to recap what was a pretty abysmal Ryder Cup. We're now, what, 48 hours post the end of the Ryder Cup? So I think it's, it's okay for us to kind of show our faces in public, feel a little bit more comfortable about it. It's kind of our the, faces in Europe. Yeah, the, the dust has settled. Yeah, you We've seen all the Europe, videos man. of the Europeans celebrating on their bus ride home. Oh my God. I mean, a little too much, but for Ken and Dub, they picked it right. They picked Team Europe. I think it looked like it was going to be an absolute blowout. It still ended up being a pretty big win, but. U.S. fought back a little bit on Saturday afternoon and then the singles felt like they were kind of trending in a certain direction. They end up finishing tied six points to each team. Team Europe wins by five points. What are you guys thoughts on the Ryder Cup? Any? Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the European top performers and poor performers too. I'm just glad that
1: it turned out like towards the as we were getting into the later parts on Sunday that there was actually a chance that the U.S. still could get in there. It's like as it was early on we're sitting there it's like are we just going to leave here after like getting together for like two hours just because we're getting blown out already but there was a real sense the three of us that were watching it together is like we might have something here the u.s might be able to kind of run this back and make a run at it and but obviously came up a little bit short but it at least made it interesting to watch the entire day can you make paint a picture of your watching habits so people understand what you're talking about
0: so we got to Collins at 5.30 in the morning. There you go. After, we go. after being out till like 2 a.m.
1: We walked in with a box of Joe from Dunkin' Donuts and three <laughs> sausage wraps. Darren texted me at like
0: 9 a.m. She says, I bet that basement just smells like beer burps and farts. And I was like, you're right. That's what it smells like. And that's also, also normally thunder. how it smells. Some it was coffee, all some, yeah, some chorizo egg wraps from Dunkin' Donuts. Those things are new, and they're extremely good. So keep an eye out for that. But all
2: the way back to the beginning, Colin got up at 1 the first day. Right. One thirty. One thirty. Text and call Did you go to bed that night?
3: You it. I didn't go to bed because the Lions game just rolled right into that on <laughs> Thursday night. So yeah, Friday during the day was rough.
2: So you wait. the Lions game finishes around eleven, you play an hour and a half of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and then
3: go straight. I watched highlights of Tiger and Furick playing Patty
0: and Colin Montgomery at the K Club or that's, something.
2: That's dedication right yeah. there.
0: Colin texts me at, like, 5.30 on, like, Friday afternoon, evening. And then, like, by 6 o'clock, I knew he was asleep. And at 9 o'clock, he texts us. He's like, oh, I just woke up from a glorious nap.
3: (laughs) Well, Ben said he was going to get up at 1.30. And
0: at 1.30 on the die, I texted him, "chow," (laughs) And
3: he just didn't respond. I was like, well, I guess I'm alone. (laughs) Doug responded, I think.
0: By, like, 3 a.m., I got up. Well, my alarm went off. And I just said, oh, I'll lay back down for a minute. Hour and a half goes by. I get up, look at the scoreboard, and we're down in all four matches by a considerable amount. Mm. We end up getting swept in that first set of four matches so it's like i'm i'm glad i wasn't up for it but i'm glad colin got to see some of the golf
2: the night before you were like 8-0 us looks tasty
0: it was 8-0 8 anybody. Anybody. anybody yeah so oh, I was, I was, anybody, it was a anybody. bit of a hedge <laughs> 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 after the u.s lost the first four i was kind of like hmm, if they happen to lose all the afternoon matches we could hit big here but like t- to tyler's point there was a good
3: hour two hours on sunday morning we were like all right we got a chance if this one match flips. Yeah,
4: it was like basically after JT finishes and gets gets his point, all of a sudden you're just looking back and it's like, there's three, four matches, whatever exactly it was, and like US was already up in two or three of them, and then one just needed to be flipping. It was like a one-up lead with nine holes to play or something like that but
3: that's what kind of bothers me like the narrative over the past day two days after this Ryder Cup everyone's like oh man the U.S. got their asses kicked the program's broken they need to do they need to blow it up do something completely different but like I I understand we got our asses kicked on Friday but like we came back we battled back
4: it wasn't over until like the last three matches on Sunday it wasn't over until Ricky conceded a five foot putt from uh, Paul. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah, I, I mean, think
0: I yeah. think there were probably just a few U.S. players that played bad that we aren't. We don't always expect them Jordan. to play bad. Yeah. All right. Shut up. My <laughs> God. I mean, we'll get we'll get to the U.S. team, but like, let's first let's look at Europe. Let's look at the best performers from Europe. Right? Europe. They win by five. So there's got to be some guys here that had some great performances. Even though he doesn't have the best record, I think Victor Hovland kind of carried this team. It seemed like he played the best golf. He went three one and one. Rory went four one and0 oh, so like technically a half more half a point higher than Vic but I, I believe that Rory kind of was riding the coattails of Matt Fitzpatrick in four ball on the first day Matt Fitzpatrick was like 600 through eight holes and they ended up winning that match. So I think that Vic probably had the best performance for the Europeans I mean going into this he was probably the hottest golfer on the planet he played well at Wentworth Another reason probably why the US didn't play that well in this Ryder Cup is they took the, the five weeks preceding this event off not a single one of them played a tournament. I tell you what, I think Vic is kind of atop the Rushmore right now. Scotty didn't have a good week. Rom played fine, but I think Vic is kind of, he's making his move to maybe be the number one golfer in the world soon.
2: A Rushmore would imply that it's a top four now. Is that thats what you're saying?
0: Yeah, yeah I think that's, so. Those are
2: by yep. far and away, the top four yeah, guys?
0: V- yeah, Vic, and, and Vic's not four right now either. I mean, I think he's, he, he, you can mix it up how you wish. I mean, I think that Rom and Rory are playing good. I don't think, I don't know if Scotty's quite like lost that number one spot. He still had a pretty crazy 12 months, but Vic is on his heels Absolute dog. And just like the course fit him so well. I mean, you know, I think going into this, we knew that they were going to set up the course to kind of favor the mid to long irons. And they did. And it didn't benefit us. They, I think they only had maybe two or three holes in the course that was driver wedge. And you could see like Azinger was talking about it on the, on the coverage. Every time it was a driver wedge hole, it seemed like the Americans actually did really well, but it was three wood, eight, seven iron. It was like the Europeans had a distinct advantage. And I think a lot of the pairings that Zach Johnson put out there was like, I think he was just trying to be a little contrarian at times. I mean, we'll get to us and we'll get to Zach Johnson. But when you set up the when the course is set up like against you and not to your strengths, I think trying to put out some crazy pairings like that was tough.
4: Yeah, I mean, you, you got to hand it to the European team. They played phenomenal, particularly speaking on Friday. I mean, that was an unreal day for them, uh, starting four and zero again. That some of that may be on Zach Johnson in terms of the pairings he rolled out, but that was exceptional. But I think the bigger story from that first day where they got the five-point lead or whatever it was they actually ended up winning by was how they managed to flip all those matches in the afternoon because the U.S. was up solidly in three of them going in. That And then on the 18th hole, they lost it with, I mean, I think Vic drains like a 25-foot eagle putt. John Rahm slams it into the back of the cup and it somehow drops in. 40-foot eagle. Yeah, for another eagle to win it. And And I think it was in the Rahm match in particular, they... Like the U.S. lost those holes, but they birdied all of them, sort of situation. Jon had like two eagles in four holes or something like that. So they just played unbelievable, particularly on that first day, which just kind of was made it almost insurmountable for the U.S.
3: One guy we didn't mention yet that I think like single-handedly won them the cup was Justin Rose. Yeah. Rose's putting—he was, was another out there. one. Is, I, didn't I didn't see him. Huge I don't putts. think I saw Rose miss a twenty-foot
4: putt that mattered. Like. The entire weekend, I think he was quoted like, in the like the post round pressers at some point saying like he he finally had his like Ryder Cup moment kind of thing that he didn't feel like he'd ever had with some of those just huge putts he kept draining. It also, does,
2: it does seem like you could point to seven, eight, nine big moments from Europe, Europe, and like Rom chipping in and some of the long putts they made, but in Vic, but really, I mean, other than the Homa putt on Sunday and a couple others, there wasn't a lot of like fist pumping. Big shots made by Americans. I mean there's a couple, but think, that's really what it comes down to is Rom chipping in and Sep Straka hitting a <laughs> hitting like a chip in from fifty yards out. Like, I think watching I think, him
1: walk after that,
0: that one, so he I made the
2: commentary. He just looked so goofy. Like, like yeah. some of it's luck, but those these guys are also the best players in the world and they're gonna do that occasionally. So
0: I think that's a big storyline that probably isn't gonna get talked about a lot. Is like other I think Max Homa made, like, a really cool flop shot for par on, like, the 14th or 15th hole on, like, Saturday afternoon. Outside of that, the U.S., I don't think, hold another shot off the green. And I think John Rahm chipped in three times. He made a 40-footer, banking it in on the 18th hole. They had a couple more chip-ins from other players, so... Although I think the Europeans outplayed the Americans, I think that this narrative could have gone completely differently if some of those chip-ins don't, don't happen.
1: Yeah, I was going to mention Tommy when we were talking about some of the European guys that played with well, Tommy oh, yeah. Chipped in, what, two or three times?
0: And, Chomp- and Tommy had that eagle chip-in on that drivable, drivable par 416, and that was that pretty much sealed the match once he did that. Oh. Also, we have... So, Rahm goes 2-0-2, a good showing for John Rahm. I'm surprised he wasn't out there for all five matches, but... He's a hefty boy. Maybe I'll they want. He's a big boy. Give him he a, little a little break. break. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't play in all five. I feel like they
4: didn't need to have him
0: out. I think so too.
4: Matches. So it was a. It was more of a strategic. Yeah. Like, why? Why try? Why not get some of those younger guys a little bit more experience out there? Right.
0: And once you got the lead, you can you can rest your big players. Yeah. I agree. T. Roll goes three zero and one. I think he had an incredible. His, bi- Ryder his biggest cup.
4: win was being the last man standing from their celebration. Though that's true. Opinion. He was the last guy.
0: That uh, doesn't surprise me, other than Shane. Shane but I'm sure I, Shane hit it out of <laughs> I'm sure Shane hit it a little
3: hard, a little early. That T roll John Rom pairing was was great. Like we knew going into that, it was going to be either incredible or just a complete dumpster fire.
0: And I think T roll. I think so. I'm not a big fan of T roll. I think he's got a bit annoying with his antics on the golf course. But oh. that is that's here or there, right? You can you can either love it or you can hate it. But I love that he owns his game. Like I don't know. From a technical perspective, like, there's a lot of issues with Tyrrell's swing. It's not that pretty. He hits the ball decently far, but talk about a guy that really owns his swing. I mean, he just plays a consistent cut with his irons, and he showed it this week that he's just incredibly comfortable in his own shoes. Yeah, I
4: think he was telling me, to, yeah, nobody out here can outswear me. I'm going to just <laughs> up and down the course kind of thing. He, he was, literally just drops the F-bomb in that very <laughs> confident in himself going into this.
3: We mentioned it a little bit, but the young guys on Europe, how do you guys think they fared? Because – all I'm hearing is about how great the future is for them, but I wasn't really that impressed. I mean, Ludwig played okay, but he was well, also writing. What's his writing.
0: last name? Oh, Lud- O'Bear. So, so Ludvig, Ludwig Aberg. A, uh, yeah. Ludwig Aberg was constantly referred Old- to we're as We're on American
4: soil over here, so it's Aberg.
0: Ludwig O'Bear. He sounds like Rudy Gobert is on the golf course. Uh, a, yeah,
4: they were trying a little hard to pronounce like that Like cultural correctly. appropriation. Yeah, like, yeah
0: exactly.
3: But, but he definitely, like, hid behind Vic all weekend, and then he got stomped out by Brooks on Sunday. I mean, yeah. Nikolai, he was like hitting duck hooks the entire weekend. And Bob McIntyre, I don't, he missed that small, that short putt on Sunday, but like, he was basically riding Rose's coattails. Like, I think those guys all hid behind the great play of the other European stars, but yeah, I'm not buying that Europe's future is so great because of how those three guys played this weekend.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to adequately judge them because of how uneven it was in everything that wasn't Sunday singles because it, it was just a totally different environment, and you know, it's kind of hard to fault them too much for maybe less than stellar play because the team was just running away. So in we'll say in foursomes or something, it's like, all right, yeah, I'm going to play a little conservative let this guy go at it. He's got the hot hand or something. I don't know what was going on there, but I feel like we did see a lot out of these guys in their first. Maybe not so much Bobby Mack, but Aberg and Hogard, Ho- whatever you say it, I think they look really solid. I think they're, they are a future like solid core, especially when you look at, you know, someone like Vic, who is, yes, is what his second Ryder Cup. Yep. And is plenty young. He's going to be around there for quite a while to be. So, I mean, they, I do think they have a very strong, uh, core moving forward now that you have all your polters. This is probably Rose's last one. You know, Rory's only got maybe one or two left in him, maybe. I don't know what that's going to look like. But, I mean, I think they have a very, uh, Strong competition here moving forward.
0: Yeah, I think the U.S. right there. Everyone seems like fairly seasoned vet. We got three or four more Ryder Cups of that core, but you're right. So let's look at these European rookies. So Rob McIntyre, even though you thought he didn't play that well, he went two zero and one, so a pretty good performance from him. Ends up winning his Sunday singles. Sep Straka, he goes one two and zero, so not a great showing for Sep. Nikolai Hoygaard, he goes. Oh, two and one. So actually, a pretty dismal uh, appearance for Nikolai Hoygaard, and I think that showed. I think what's amazing about Nikolai is that it didn't look like he played that bad, but he was never really out there for foursomes. He was out there for four ball. So hand it to Luke Donald, like the foursomes pairings that he put out there. They played great this week and they dominated foursomes. And to then the
3: last, to be fair, his twin brother Rasmus was also on site, so we're not sure which Hoygaard. Which is playing. Was actually <laughs> playing? <laughs> Maybe Nikolai was playing great, but Rasmus double played the rest. Double the yeah. rest.
0: And then Ludwig Aberg, the last one, he was two and two, so a decent showing from him. But you're right; once he was kind of not paired with Vic or not, you know, guarded by the play, the great play of Vic, he he didn't look great. But you know, he hasn't even played in a major yet, so he's got a little learning to do. And, and what he's like nineteen or something like that. Probably, I think Nikolai might be the youngest player on this team. I really? think that yeah, I think that Aberg's like 22 because he's he was like a rising senior at Texas Tech, and then he's kind of one of the older kids because of COVID. But Nikolai is 21, so these kids are really young. So Give them a couple years, they might actually turn into some studs.
4: It's also really tough to look at any of the records, like as Colin was saying about how maybe some of these guys, you know, hid behind the, the horses. But like the European horses showed up and way outplayed the US with the top it, players, yes. Like yeah, they just so it's it's really hard to look at any of those records with any real merit. Like it's hard to be like, Oh, you went two and one or whatever you know, something like that and be like, Wow, you had a great Ryder Cup when you just played with Vic every time.
0: Yeah, Hovland, Hovland, McIlroy, and Rom go nine two and one. I mean, that's your top three players, and and pretty much it felt like the guys they were playing with they were carrying. I mean, Matt Fitzpatrick played really great in in four ball with Rory on like Friday afternoon, but outside of that, those three guys showed up in a big way.
2: I couldn't put my finger on Fitzpatrick the whole time. I I couldn't tell. I mean, he's a he's, he's a skinny no. guy. He's hard to find. <laughs> well everyone was like is that guy wearing like a retainer? Or <laughs> <laughs> I was like who is this guy? Who's the guy with retainers yeah. and sketchers? Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's Matt Patrick. But he's like a you know, he's a major winner. I feel like he needs to take a step up to be a leader cuz I feel like he's kind of stuck in that middle tier of guys and even in someone like Hatton is kind of stepping above him as being like a team leader. So I don't maybe it's just not in his nature to be boisterous and kind of loud. But I just couldn't put my put my picture he wasn't really he didn't seem like he was like kind of grabbing anything by it's like by the jug. You saw it
4: a li- in his first you know time out there with McRoy in the afternoon on Friday cuz he came out like single handedly was like 6 under through 7 or something like that mm-hmm. well, like that, great well, but then faded, that was a complete and, and then faded back but it was him scoring not Rory in that it's match that's
2: true
0: that's true, um, true. but then, he
4: definitely faded after that.
0: they run it back in the four ball on Saturday and Fitzpatrick comes out a little flat and then Rory kind of shows yeah. up so it kind of felt like Mac McEl- it felt like Fitzpatrick He played well when it felt like the pressure kind of wasn't on him, right? Then you come out the second time and you're expected to perform kind of like maybe you were the first time and he comes out a little flat. But I agree. I think Fitzpatrick's kind of got to take that next step leadership role because, you know, you're missing your Poulters and your Westwoods and your, your hardcore. I mean, Rose, this might be his last one, your hardcore, like... Hardcore British golfers that are always going to get you a point. I think Fitzpatrick has got to be the guy to take the next step.
2: Rose is Colin's so right though. Rose is such a professional; like he's just made for this kind of stuff. Yeah. Like Mastercard sponsor out there, just doing <laughs> his damn thing. Love him.
3: Hate him. Is this his last one? You think he'll be a captain? I think, I think he's definitely right. going to be a
4: captain. I think so, they'll have yeah. too much yeah. talent. I mean, next time. player as a player, I, I, yeah. I, it, I think he's going to be because t- he was a captain's pick this year. Like if they, if he makes it again, I think it's going to be strictly as a uh, vibe sort of situation as that
2: you know old guy in the Pol- locker room poulter played how was poulter i mean he's getting up there in I, I think they're West. probably similar age was yeah. a little younger but a little yeah bit, but
4: i mean he, he was a stretch somewhat to make the team this year so I, unless he comes out next year or next two years i guess is just absolutely balling out kind of situation i think it's going to be hard for him to justify uh, another captain who do we
2: miss from europe you know who i missed paul casey
1: that's
0: a good one. That this would have didn't been such even know it wasn't there. <laughs> this would have been such an amazing course for him too. It would have he would he would have played great this week. I miss
1: seeing Sergio. Yeah, that would have been fun to have him there. Sergio at Rom. I think I
0: think Sergio will be the captain of the next one. I don't know if he'd be playing good enough golf to to be on the team, but I think he'll be the captain next time. And the next one's in Bethpage, and that's going to be we could talk about that a little bit. That's going to be an absolute shit show. I mean, the fans this week were a little unbearable for us Americans because they were they were definitely riding the American team quite a bit. But I think when they come to Page, like those New York fans, they're going to make the Ryder mm-hmm. Cup look like a very aggressive event. It's going to be <laughs> pretty fun to watch. All right, let's move on to the U.S. team. When I say top performers on the U.S., I think there's really only one, but I think you could stretch a second one in here. The big one is Max Homa. Max Homa looks like he knows his game. He knows who he is. He's not afraid to take an unplayable drop on the 18th hole, was drop nuts. in the rough, and get up and down that to was win amazing. the match. I mean, that was just probably one of the cooler Ryder Cup moments I've ever seen. That was the moment I thought, they might fucking pull this off. Like yeah. that the, was momentum. the momentum. The so, momentum felt like it like, was...
4: The balls of him to just be you know, like, no, I'm just going to take a stroke right here, and arguably, like, if I don't pull this off, it's done. Right, the ma- the whole thing's it's over. over. Like, that was... I, I, I got a little chills during that, and I was like, holy shit, they're going to pull this off somehow which would have been a little bit upsetting if you know it was a tie and that's how it ended but like that was
2: unbelievable that was the moment when tyler colin and ben were like it was worth coming here at 5 a.m yes that was my god thank god we can watch this and it was like max homa literally (laughs) you were like
0: (sighs) max homa is screaming doing his fist pump and you can barely hear him because the groans are so loud from the crowd. It was like, I expected that place to be silent, but it was the opposite. Everyone was just sighing so loudly that you could barely hear Max like, It was an out-of-body experience. I imagine. And and I love how he talks about his caddy being the one that makes the decision about taking that drop. He's like, yeah, I trust him. He knows me better than anyone. And, and if he trusts me, I trust myself. That was amazing.
4: What does this bring Max's team US team play record up to so he had a solid presence think team, he was undefeated me? the presidents cup yeah
0: 4-0 at oh, the presidents oh, cup okay. like 7-0 oh and 1 or yeah, something 7-1 so like, like, one and 1 wow so
4: i mean like he's he was always quoted as saying like this is something that he's once arguably, not maybe not quite as much as a major but like just it's right up there for him to be on these teams and be a part of it and like the fact that he's come out and shown that i love that maybe he's going to be that guy moving forward that has that fire to maybe go along with someone like a JT which I'm sure we'll get into, you know, turn out and be a great captain's pick like that. will just kind of get that locker room fired up a little more passion that sometimes I think the U S team lacks compared to the European team like that. Just all in on the Ryder cup. I, I just love H-
3: Homa. He can, he just turns it on when he needs to like, On and off the course, like he's always tweeting these funny things. Like he tweeted something this morning about getting up at four AM in the offseason being like Kobe and then just scrolling on his phone for two hours. (laughs) Taking care of the baby. But he just like he, he has such a cool personality in his interviews. Like he's just a normal guy. But then when he steps on that golf course and he's getting ready to hit his shot, he just locked in.
1: And you could see all that emotion pour out, like, when he made that putt. It was awesome. Yeah, he's he's perfect for this, like, type of event because you'll see him plodding along for two or three holes where he's walking there. It's like when he walks, like, his arms don't move at all. And it is fire. He's just in the zone doing his thing. But then he does a shot like this, and he gets fired up. And he gets fired up, it seems like, always at, like, the right time. It's like when they need that burst mm-hmm. of energy, you got Homa doing something. And he's just perfect for this type of thing. Do you,
4: do you think Max Homa, like, knowing that he's – a little bit of a, a comedian kind of guy likes to make jokes. Do you think he's jawing back and forth a little bit out there with uh, some of the fans? Because, I mean, they're right up on him half the time. Got to be, right? I'm sure it's, they get it, some looks ex- him for Especially sure. on, like, that Sunday. when oh, yeah. I'm sure, like, I got to imagine he's chirping right back at him a little bit in the, like, a just fully comedic way.
0: And there's just something about Max, you're right, about kind of just showing up in the big moments. Like, when he played Tom Kim, In the President's Cup, he got down pretty Mm -hmm. early, and I think it was like starting to set in for him that like he wasn't playing bad golf, but Tom Kim was out there to get it. And Tom Kim, I think, kind of similarly has that kind of turn that gear, get Mm -hmm. that next gear. He can really turn it on. But when Max wants to and turns it on, like you can just see that extra little bit of focus in him, and it's pretty fun to watch. I was actually really surprised he missed like the ten footer on Saturday afternoon in four ball, and then Justin Rose made it. I thought Max was going to make that putt, and he looked. He looked devastated. He was like, how did that miss? Yeah, he didn't he, miss it by much.
2: He probably has the confidence to think he can be the best American golfer now. I mean, just based off of Scotty's poor performance and some of the other guys falling off like, I mean, he knows he can be the best, which is probably someone to look out for in this next these next year of majors like his confidence is probably through the roof.
0: I think he's like kind of that that middle tier of guys that are extremely talented but are extremely consistent, right? I think Morikawa was that. I think Morikawa just got a couple little holes in his game right now, but I think I think he still got it. Homa just doesn't seem to have any major weakness in his game, so he knows he can just rely on his skills.
2: Colin, do you want to have Colin Corner?
0: Yeah, thoughts on Colin Morikawa, (laughs) your MVP for the week that didn't end up being the MVP? You know, uh, Colin, you got to become – Colin, if you're here, if you're hearing this – If you're listening,
3: (laughs) you got to become more than just a name to me. Like, I've been (laughs) riding you all season. I've been picking you all season. Freezing, freezing. Ride him. (laughs) Talking talking about how you're the best iron player in the world. And I know statistically you had a great season, but you were just never, you never competed. You never did anything exciting this season outside of like the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Going. Cue the small violin. But like, <laughs> and then to just show up here and just lay an absolute egg. You had one good round with Sam Burns, and that was like exciting for me to watch. But then the day before and the day after that was just tragic. Like... You couldn't do anything out there. You just
0: absolutely got blown away. And I think he's a guy that the Tell U.S. Him, the U.S. needs him to step up. He needs to be that figure. And he's the yeah. kind of he's the kind of guy that might be like, the opposite of Homo, where things start trending down. Cool and collected. He can't, he can't pull himself out of that hole, and well, I don't know why. Got
2: to be. I mean, like he has such a calm demeanor, and it seems like it seems like. I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, Well, Colin said it right. I don't need to add anything else to do. He just needs a little kick much... in the ass sometimes. I mean, it's frustrating to watch him he's sometimes.
3: In, he's in every single commercial that we saw like 500 times. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: the Ricky Fowler vibe to and,
3: me, yeah. And like, he's going to be compared to Vic because they came up at the same time. They got their first wins like at the same time. He got waxed by Vic on Sunday. And like, look at Vic right now. <laughs> he's just, he's miles ahead of, of Mer- where Morikawa is. And that's where Mar- Morikawa should be.
4: Like, current play, yes, but.
3: He's yeah. got two majors to none on this. Okay, yeah, his resume's like, decent. But right now, if you're like looking forward, like who's got the better future right now? Sure, Vic's like you, you said it. I mean, Vic's like top four in the in the world right now, and Morikawa's was not even close to that.
0: And Morikawa's short game was really fully on display on Sunday. He had a couple chips that were just atrocious, and I think we talked about that with Lexi, and it's similarly with Vic. You have those major weaknesses in your game. Like I'm a big proponent of. Whatever the hell you're good at, get extremely good at and let that take, that's what you ride all the way to the top. That's why
4: I drink on the golf
0: course. But your deficiencies can't be so bad that they bring you down.
2: Play your strengths.
0: I was watching, actually, I think a Champions Tour event where these guys were playing with up and coming like first tee kids that were getting, like this one kid had a full ride to Oregon State and Stuart Sink said, make sure you get really good at whatever you're good at, the best in the world at it, and then make sure that whatever you're bad at doesn't pull you down. And right now, Morikawa's putting in short game, kind of like it was with Vic a year ago, is just holding him back. And when he hits bad shots, he needs to be able to lean on that short game. All right, another good performer, even though the record, I would say, didn't, I don't know, didn't jump off the charts. I think Patrick Cantlay (coughs) had a pretty good week. He went two and two amidst the crowd being absolutely devilishly against him and just shitting on him the whole entire week. I mean, I think it was pretty cool to see Patrick Cantlay kind of compartmentalize, like being I am this golfer. I am me. These people, I think we've pretty much come to find out, don't know what the hell they're talking about. Someone made a wrong tweet about Patrick Cantley purposefully not wearing a hat because he said he wasn't going to get paid for it. I think that's pretty much not what happened. Patrick Cantley just didn't want to wear a hat. I mean, I think he might believe they should get paid to wear a hat, which is totally okay if that's what he wants to believe. But he was not trying to cause a rift in the locker room. And these fans, man, I think it was two hours after this tweet came out, the whole entire quick. crowd is waving <laughs> their hats around, saying, "Well, you don't want to wear a hat because you're not getting paid." It was tough to watch. I
2: I went on such a roller coaster with Cantlay. I don't know about you guys, but like in the beginning, I was kind of indifferent, and then I kind of started hating him. And at the end, I'm like, "This guy's kind of cool." I have no, I literally have no idea. Like, he started showing a little personality. Yeah, he actually like end. pushed back a little. I kind of respect him a little net, more now. I don't know. I'm very confused about this whole saga.
4: It was nice to see the little bit of personality. I, I like. I hate the fact that he's like, oh, the hat didn't fit. That's why I didn't wear it, because that also kind of feels like some bullshit. Well, that's cause... what
0: Rory does. Rory doesn't wear it because they, they they have really small heads. But you've him at the press conference. Nobody shits on Rory hat? for that. Well, Oh, I'll, we'll get to shitting on Rory here in a few minutes. <laughs> but it seems like all the guys actually like Cantlay a lot. I think
2: so, too. I know,
4: which is I'm not long, like, I'm I don't want to necessarily
0: be like a Cantley apologist. But like, from what I can tell, the media loves to shit on Cantley. Like, he's a yeah. slow player. I get it. He's a slow player. And we've player. done that. But you know who else is a slow player? Tiger Woods was pretty slow. and Brian Harmon with this Brian Harmon's slow. And Jack Nicholas is pretty slow. And I don't know. I think it's pretty...
2: The three best golfers of Deliberate. all time. Tiger,
0: Brian, Brian Harmon, <laughs> and Jack Nicholas. I think if you're going to go to a guy and say play faster, but you know that him playing slow is, is very much an antic he uses to play the best golf he possibly can, how are you going to tell a professional athlete not to do that and to change who they are? I think that's such a weird argument.
4: See, I, I, I love the whole play slow thing in this tournament, in this situation where you are you were trying to get in this guy's head you were trying to you know do whatever you can to throw off their rhythm so i think i wish he would have played a little slower this week for being totally <laughs> honest but i mean the thing is cantley is you've said it before he, he he's the guy that his sponsorships match him perfectly kind of situation he looks like he does work at a yeah, bank he,
2: somewhere he actually like was not so vanilla like that's know.
4: what i'm saying it was great to see that yeah, come out. I so I, I, at the end of this, I think can comes out ahead in most fans eyes. Like he looks like, okay, no, I just, I have, you know, something, there's something more to me than I'm a golfer. He's got a little more passion. He got married. Congrats to him. Probably gonna have a little fall off in his career, unfortunately, but you know, <laughs> it's,
0: <laughs> Talking about model. getting married in Italy right after the Ryder Cup—that is so sick. And the, rumor, the rumors went, right? are that's why he didn't
4: wear a hat too, like that he was just he was, was trying Brooks to avoid invited, the tan line. He, he didn't want the tan line. He didn't want the tan line. I see a lot of pictures. I mean, there. I, that's I actually was a really good point because I can
3: I could have sworn when we were watching highlights of Cantlay and Justin Thomas playing at Whistling Straits at Dove's bachelor party, he wasn't wearing a hat during that round either. I know, and no one said a word during
4: during that Ryder Cup. Well, apparently, it's a big thing that the. Uh, European media that they will just kind of throw throw some things out there and try to see if they get legs to just try to create some, uh, some chaos. So let's, mean, it didn't let,
0: work. Before we get to the rest of the American golfers, let's talk a little bit about Hat Gates. So there's a guy, his name is Jamie Weir. He's a European golf enthusiast, Twitter famous, right? He tweets a lot about golf. He's the guy that made the tweet saying that Patrick Cantley was causing a rift in the American locker room for not wearing a hat because he wanted to get paid. Come to find out. Right when the Europeans won the Ryder Cup, guess who's seen holding a European flag, <laughs> waving it with Rory McIlroy, Jamie Weir. So how are we going to base this whole entire sunflower? This guy, he's literally just a European I fan.
3: I don't blame him. I blame <laughs> everyone else. Everyone else who sent that out. I was listening to the Fort Play Pod this weekend. Dan Rapaport is saying about like talking about, oh yeah, tough week for golf media. Like, bro. You
4: are the one who tweeted, that, golf media. tweeted
3: out his tweet and got everyone riled up about it. You're that's just true. as bad, oh if not God.
0: worse.
4: Yeah, that's hypocritical.
0: So on the heels of that, you have hey, the Hey, notice
4: whole, we didn't tweet that out or Instagram yeah, it mean, anywhere. Yeah, yeah. We were responsible. Well, no, no we no checked noticed. our resources. We knew it wasn't real.
0: Well, so on the heels of that, too, you have the whole Joey LaCava and Rory McIlroy scuffle, yeah. right? On the 18th green. Rory, a little bit. Patrick Cantlay makes like a 40-footer but to... That was real, though. What was essentially... Rory got
2: actually mad.
0: Well, so, Joey, so Patrick Cantlay makes like a 40-footer to essentially make Rory's putt a must-make to have the match. He misses, but before Rory putts, Joe LaCava's walking around the green, waving his hat in the air, essentially just to tell the fans to screw off. Like, you've been doing this to my player all day. He ended up coming through. And Rory's like, Joe, can you move? I'm trying to putt. Which I think is a rational state. You know, it's a rational, like, idea. It's like, Joe, can, He was can you... <laughs> nowhere near him putting. I'm not defending Rory here. I'm just saying that, that oh, no way. I can see how the interaction went. But then Joey LaCava's like, you want to talk some shit to me, boy? <laughs> All these tweets are coming out about Joe being like a hard-nosed New Yorker, like he would kick Rory's ass <laughs> in a fight. Oh, that
3: was amazing. I love the little wave he gave him, like, oh just
0: yeah. so cool. piss
4: off. Like that that was a beta move by Rory as far as I'm concerned. That was like Joey was nowhere really in interfering with him being able to read the putt or step up. He wasn't actively putting or anything. He was just looking at his line, trying to figure out what he wanted to do. And Rory blew that up into something it didn't. Well, it was a bit of a like
0: a, a bit of a loser's limp kind of thing, where like Rory's just mad that Cantlay made that putt, so he tries to take it out on Lacava. Yeah, know? that was horrible.
3: Is this a story if Rory makes the putt? Probably, probably. In, in a different way. Yeah, because yeah. it's
4: probably him but going he's up not to freaking
3: out about it, like he was. On no, floor. probably not. Yeah, but
4: he's probably there's probably lots of clips of him going up and like yeah, waving his cap at Joey and shit like. Yeah, that. I'm sure
0: the Europeans all night were like that match sucked because Rory would made that putt if Lacava didn't do that. Yeah. It's like. Well, if that's not why I'd have
2: it. Well, Ben, you didn't have Rory corner. I know we're in the U.S., but like, what's the definitive word on Rory in this Ryder Cup? Just Bitch. Great?
0: Yeah, he played great. That's I mean, it? yeah, he was he was Tita Green, just great. I mean, he rode the coattails of Fitzpatrick a little bit in early <laughs> in the four ball because when a guy's six under three, you just sit back and let him cook. But Rory, I mean, Rory, Vic, and Rom both just, they got, they had an amazing <laughs> week. They, they they checked every box. They did everything they could for this team. And though, So you win by five points, but really that's only two and a half matches, right? Because you, know, you win a it's point. That's literally
4: what their lead was after Friday. Right, mm-hmm. but I
0: think that those three players are the reason that they won this cup. I mean, a lot of guys played really good, but without those guys' performances, this thing ends up being a lot closer. That little
1: wedge shot that Rory hit where he kept it low, and then like the three bounces and just stopped like a foot by the pin. I, I will never understand how that's possible. I'll teach you one day. Yeah, you can't do that either. I, I do think
2: it was interesting how Rory was like by far and away the clear leader, which he is, but like... Rom, I didn't see a too many clips of Rom being very vocal or doing a ton of right. It was kind of Rory's team, even though Rom is you know hand in hand with Rory. I think
0: he's the bulldog. Um, I think he's the enforcer, and Rory right. is the king kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> the enforcer. And the, I, I, heard, I heard it was Shane was the enforcer Shane, is he, the enforcer. Shane was Shane was. I'm gonna have to go fight Joey now. Well, kind of situation. If you have
2: Shane and and Tyrell out there just doing, whatever, <laughs> I mean, you just really can't lose. I
0: but, think I think like in a boxing match, the U.S. team is like. Oh, Far yeah. and away the favorite, but those Europeans, oh, man, they're scrappy, they're scrappy man. I they've been know. in more bar fights. They probably <laughs> all got the cauliflower ears. We just don't <laughs> notice it. A little Chelsea smile kind of thing.
2: <laughs> all right, so now this is a good segue into uh, Spieth corner.
0: Yeah, let's talk about some of the poor performances. wasn't great. <laughs> I already apologized for yeah, it. Yeah, poor I'm performers for the U.S. Let's start with Jordan Spieth. Colin, Goes R- 0, to Spieth. 0 2 and 2 so picks up a full point, but in four matches.
4: I mean, it, it was bad. It wasn't good. That, that's all you can really say. There's no real defensible thing. He's all, part of that group that didn't play for the last five weeks, which you know isn't exactly excusable by any means. To just
2: going on Italy with their honeys, you know.
4: Yeah, I mean, just you got you got to put. And go, we've talked about this. How that can't works.
0: stop having one. <laughs> <laughs> but you know,
4: it's I will put a little bit on Zach Johnson in terms of.
0: Okay, go on. What? Well, let, let me finish. Oh. Let me
4: finish. I think Jordan and JT should have been out Here we go. early. First like first group, they should have been a part of that in terms of it. And then I think it was in addition a mistake to put that group back out there Saturday afternoon or Saturday or Saturday, morning, which Saturday morning. morning. Like you saw he was struggling and you just trot him back out there in the same thing. Like, I think there was some issues with in terms of how those points ended up working out. Like JT was clearly had it. You gotta throw somebody else in there with him at that point in my mind. But he just didn't have it today. It wasn't making the putts, wasn't you know, getting those recoveries, those fantastic, you know, chip shots that we're kind of used to seeing, not excusable. I'm sure we're going to see him come back. He's going to end up being on the team again in 2025. The next six Ryder Cups. Yeah, he's going to be one of those guys, and I think you'll see the bounce back. Overall, the Ryder Cup is just becoming the home team wins for the most part anyways, so I'm sure you're going to see a better performance out of him next time.
1: There was one shot of Jordan's that really pissed me off. Was Sunday. it when Zach Johnson told him to hit a three? One? No, it was. Oh, it was on Sunday on seventeen when his his and Shane's match was still tight, and Shane hit first and went down that big hill on the left side of the green on the little part three, and all Jordan had to do just put it somewhere on the green, and he goes right next to Shane. It's like that's like it's not like it was a small green or anything. It's like you have to have just the wherewithal, wherewithal yeah. just to be able to just know, just put a ball in the green, know the situation, and you had a chance to win that match. Obviously, it didn't matter in the
0: long run, but that, just, that one just blew my mind. I'll give you a little credit on that, Tully, your comment about the pairings. So I think, yeah, I think the Twitter world and the golf world are just in dismay over Zach Johnson's pairings. And I think... 80% of his pairings, I think, are just whatever. I think you just try and trying to get something going with the boys. You're trying to put out some power groupings to try and win some big matches, and it didn't work out. But I think the biggest mistake was you pick JT, you pick him to play with Jordan, right? Picking JT, I think, was a pretty monumental decision. He wasn't playing well, but we know his Ryder Cup record's good. Which in
4: Zach Johnson's defense was the correct decision to pick JT. I yes, we I
0: believe so. And so they go out Friday morning, and Jordan and JT are not playing, which I think was probably the only mistake Out of all the pairings that Zach Johnson made, I think you could go either way on a lot of them. But I think his biggest mistake was not putting Jordan and JT out as tone setters to go out, make some birdies, turn this thing on its head. Instead, he sits them Friday morning, puts them out Friday afternoon when they're down for nothing. So Jordan and JT are probably in a different mindset. They're more like, Mm, this point is way more crucial now. we got to play more conservative. We can't really go out there and play our normal games they end up playing bad on Friday afternoon. He puts them right back out Saturday morning when he should have put them out Friday morning instead of Saturday morning. He could, have, he could have put them out both, but putting them out Saturday morning when the deficit was still really low, they were really high, they weren't playing good golf, and then you have to sit them Friday afternoon because you know they're not playing well. I think that was the only mistake I really saw from all the picks that Zach Johnson made. I think
3: that the, the conversation here is regarding when the pairings went out, when these guys played. Not the pairings themselves. Like mm. the whole topic of pairings and how Zach Johnson screwed the pairings is such a hindsight 2020 conversation. Like overall the analytics were terrible on Scotty and Sam Burns being partners. Like we all knew that those two were gonna be partners heading, yeah. and that's the only yeah. reason Sam Burns made the team. Right. Oh, the analytics didn't work out with Justin and Jordan. Like obviously those two to are gonna it. be teammates. Like don't don't get on Zach Johnson for partnering Jordan and JT and Scotty and Sam Burns. That's just ridiculous. Just because
0: they lost. Yeah. I agree. Same one with like Scotty and Brooks. Like, yeah, on that, paper, not good for that course, but God, yeah. that could that thing could have and it got it got destroyed. They lost yeah. like nine and seven. Which was
2: disgusting. That was embarrassing. But
0: I don't think you'll look at Zach Johnson and say that was a terrible grouping. You're just now he's in a hole. He's gotta make some changes. I just think he probably set the tone incorrectly by sitting Jordan and Justin, who are the hype guys, the other guys that are going to go out there and flip this thing on its head. But well, how much decision-making
2: well, does he really have, though? Like, the guy's probably just like, yeah, I'm going to play. Scotty was probably like, yeah, I'm going to play with my buddy. And they're like, how much is he really doing?
4: But I think that's the big difference between the U.S. and the European teams. The, like, you, the European Europe teams, little teams little like, militant, they listen to the captain. The captain, captain militant, makes a little more decisions. Like it it seems. Obviously, we don't really know. And Versus the U.S. kind of is maybe a little more player-run seemingly yeah. well, that they maybe, do a little bit more of that picking but
2: it's probably more because of like the youth golf and college system i know a lot of the european guys play here but like a lot of these guys have been friends for since they were literally kids so they're yeah. like i'm not going to play i mean they, they're not obviously they'd play with anybody but the jordan jt thing is like you know that's just going to be tales old as time
4: but it's also historically been a very formidable duo so like it yeah. made sense scotty was in a weird space like putting with burns made a lot of sense I don't know if we didn't see them back together, did we, Scotty and Burns, after day one? No. And, like, so that was, I thought, well played by him. Like, clearly that didn't work. Burns then comes out the next day and plays great without Scotty. So, like, that was, like, Zach Johnson did some things right. You got
2: to give Burns a little bit of credit. Yeah, Burns...
4: He played phenomenal, and then he he had the tough task on Sunday of going against Rory, which you know, we already which had he discussed. He pretty well. He, he did. He held on a little Yeah, yeah. and you, you've got to give yeah. you know some level of credit, but as we already established, you know those top dogs over on the European team were just humming all week. So, I mean, dogs be humming. Dogs be humming. You I mean, know, with those lips,
0: <laughs> Sam Burns probably comes in like <laughs> twenty two or twenty three in the power rankings for this thing out of all the guys that made it. So. Sam Burns didn't have that bad of a week, right? He wasn't expected to come in and go 4-0. He, you know, he went like 500, like, you know, not a terrible showing. Or he went like 1-2-1. and I don't know. I think actually if I look at it, the guy that probably showed up the least for me that usually shows up the most was, was Xander Shoffley. Yep. I think that didn't have a terrible week, but he's the guy that you expect to go out there and go like, you know, four zero and one kind of thing, and he just didn't really have it this I way. I think it turns out he didn't get
4: invited to Cantley's wedding. He was, <laughs> that's why the chemistry was off or something. He's got to be
2: the best man, right? Uh,
4: seemingly not.
0: I mean, I think Cantley was playing decent golf, and I think that Shoffley was kind of letting him down. Shoffley goes one three and zero. I mean, just a, a I, terrible showing. For I him.
4: think Shoffley was just as much of a letdown as Spieth, and it, particularly if you look at you know letting down their partner and you know, like how you know when Cantley would have needed it or when JT needed. Uh, Spieth, respectively, like, yeah. they just didn't didn't put it on the map, put it in the water, put it in shit, whatever it was.
0: I think the other big one, I mean, Ricky goes 0-2-0, but, I don't know, Ricky wasn't playing great golf coming in. He's kind of like, if him and Burns had bad weeks, you're kind of like, okay, well, they just weren't playing that great, but, man, Scotty, yeah. 0-2-2. That's the biggest Terrible, like Pretty dismal That's, week
4: for Scotty. You can't have the number one golfer in the world who's supposed to be the one that, and, again, credit due, he did manage to you know sneak out the half on Sunday, but, like, he did not look like the number one golfer in the world which we can argue we haven't seen from with those putting issues but
0: we were holding on hope and i think there was a lot of hope to be had there kind of in the middle of the afternoon on sunday but when scotty was one up going into 18 and ends up having his match to rom i felt like that was the dagger we needed that full point there to set the tone scotty was playing better than rom he just doesn't get up and down on 18 with a pretty shitty chip i'm pretty disappointed in scotty i mean He's got some woes, he's gotta figure out. He's definitely like appearing to be a hell of a stroke play player, but in match play, didn't have a good presidents cup, didn't have a good Ryder Cup. They I guess they're having a great debut at the Ryder Cup. I think they just need to like find him his partner, right? I think they're just grabbing at straws, trying to find a partner for him with Burns and Kepka and you don't know who it is and you can't figure it out. They gotta find someone to pair with him. Like I would have loved to seen to send him out with, I don't know, Homa and Harmon played great together. Homa playing good, Harmon just kinda like steadying the ship. I think he's just not meant for alternate shot. Yeah,
4: I think he's he's got like, obviously, we know he had historically the best ball striking or one of the best ball striking years ever. But I think he needs to play his own ball. He The alternate shot stuff doesn't work for him. I think that's where we saw him, you know, struggle mightily. And, you know, it's, it's as simple as that. Maybe he's just not the guy you're playing every round.
3: I think Scotty is the perfect case study of stroke play over a long golf season versus match play over three days at the Ryder Mm -hmm. Cup. Right. Yeah, he had an unbelievable year, strokes, gained, tee to green. But, like, that doesn't mean anything when you're matched up and you have 18 holes and you're battling one-on-one versus someone else for the cup when all the pressure's on. And I think that's shown this weekend and the President's Cup because he didn't play well at the President's Cup either.
0: You know, Scotty doesn't really have too many dominant wins in his career. He's a lot of great wins, but he usually wins by, like, one or two strokes. He's not a guy that usually goes out there and – has a three stroke lead going into Sunday and wins by seven strokes. He's a guy that maybe plays down to his competition a little bit at times or gets comfortable with his lead and not like Homa, not like JT. Those are guys that are willing to go out there and absolutely take it. Scotty maybe needs just, maybe he needs to be a little bit more aggressive. He could have been a little tentative. I don't know though, because we didn't see like any of the fucking coverage. There's like commercials every four minutes. So you don't really know how well these guys are playing or what part of their games is not playing well.
3: I will say, I think as
0: much as I was worried and I had reason
3: to worry about Scotty, like, reinventing his putting stroke like 2 days before the Ryder Cup and working with Phil Kenyon I did see some positive putts from him like I think in the long run that's going to be great for him and I think I see I can see him having an incredible season next year
4: I mean I'm sure he will like it, yeah yeah we have yeah, like
3: yeah. if he would have putted like average this season he would have had
4: like all-time 12 wins he, probably yeah. Yeah. well yeah so I think I think 12 I think 2 years ago was he was putting way above his average and this was way below average and like he's gonna find somewhere in the middle he still is clearly shown to be a great ball striker over multiple seasons now at this point where he's gonna find that middle and he's gonna have a another four or five win season probably with a major sprinkled in there and it's it's hard to shit on scotty too much i mean he, yeah he didn't win a major didn't back up you know his unbelievable season with the same level but he still won like the player championship and had a couple other wins in there so he still had a good season it's just at this time, he was not in the shape to do it. Big disappointment for the number one player in golf, technically
0: speaking. Who is Scotty's perfect pair? Like Scotty, Rory, or um, JT and Jordan fit each other so well because Denny. they can be erratic. And they Denny can, on the team. Denny, I mean a good putter. DJ. Like <laughs> DJ. when you look at pairings, do you want a guy that does the opposite thing well, or is that? Kind of what screwed him up is because he, he, you know, he put him with Burns and Kepka, who I think kind of have similar games to Scotty. They kind of a little all over the place off the tee, good at scrambling, you know, maybe better putters than Scotty. But I just think you got to find whoever works really well with Scotty because we haven't found it yet. We got President's Cup and a Ryder Cup under our belt. We haven't found a good pair for him.
4: I mean, I stand by my statement. Scotty needs the the vibes guy that's there to keep him in the like good mood kind of going, but he needs to be playing his own ball. He's just not an alternate shot player. I
0: think that's a fair point.
2: The the point you brought about Ricky earlier, unfortunately on Sunday, Ricky kind of was the loser. Uh, he put it right in the water, oh, which pretty much killed the tournament. He was then,
0: technically the guy that lost, and the then gave up yeah. the.
2: And they were like, then the announcer was like, "There's no chance he gives this gimme." He's like, "Oh, there you go." It was like that was such a weird move. I don't know what your guys Dude, thoughts on it. Right was
4: right. A, it was not a. Sh- like it was a short putt but two it was. Two eight inches.
2: It, he would have made it,
0: but he would have like, made it, but you, I you saw Bobby Mac miss yeah, one.
2: Yeah, but yeah, I was gonna say three holes earlier, someone
0: missed one. I did was, see a tweet was... where so Ricky had to make like a seven footer to then make Tommy make that two foot eight inch putt. So I think maybe Ricky was like Yeah. I think hindsight, he's probably like making he wishing he would have put it and then make Tommy make that, but he's probably thinking like Rather not embarrass myself in the moment miss and that's horrible. Yeah. That is a horrible yeah. rider cut mind. Do
3: you think he knew what the stakes were? That's the only thing I can
4: had yes. to have, He had
0: to have known. Uh, yeah, I don't know. No. I don't
2: know.
4: Does no. no, he had to have known regardless. Was that Johnson that, there at his that's, that's what I'm saying. Yes. No. He he had to have known, did. period, that they need to win. Every hole they they had no room for error to yeah well, giving him any putts.
3: I mean, that was the sixteenth hole. He would have had two holes left, and they would have been tied. and JT
2: wasn't his match wasn't wrapped up yet
4: either. Didn't we that see
1: point. that graphic where like the scoreboard was right there in the background? It was could have just looked up and seen where it no, was. He knows where that's
4: at. There's there's not a chance in the world. I I
3: agree with you, but I'm saying if he didn't, then that is on. The captain 100% because what the hell I, else are you doing out there? I think it's pretty Besides idiotic. Besides making sure your players know where they stand. I, I, I think, think
2: I should have put it out 100, 100 times out of 100. You, that was so stupid.
4: You saw Wyndham Clark, who's a two or three holes back, make Bobby Mack put a two foot or. Yeah, exactly. And, and he misses it. Like, knowing full well that I can't give much of anything here at, in these matches. And that, was, that match was a one up tied, whatever it was at the time. Six. Like, I mean. You can't.
0: I think Ricky's just in the shit there mentally that, after he put it in the water. Yeah. And, and that, he probably isn't thinking about it. That sixteenth hole was fun known, though, I have to say. He had it to have is known good.
4: in the sense that giving that, if he knew where the match stood, period, guaranteed a tie. Is that cause that's why it gave him so you can't give it to him. You know that's not getting you a full point.
2: I don't know if you guys are arguing or agreeing. I think you're just agreeing. I think you're agreeing. <laughs> I'm just I'm arguing. really mad at Ricky. <laughs> and I love to yell yeah, at him. Yeah, so. I am agree. It's it's weird because Ricky is like
3: such the typical guy that would pull some shit like that. Like, oh, yeah, of course Ricky Fowler would give him that putt because he's, like, a nice guy and everyone loves him. And, like, yeah, he just gave
2: away the Ryder Cup. I know, it's like, no, no matter what, if it mattered or not, that was just the narrative on Sunday. Like, that's when I, like, I kind of was like, all right, I guess I can turn it off, or I'll just put it on me. That's exactly It's it. like, oh, I got other shit to do. Yeah, I did like, see a... In my head, he lost it.
0: Riggs know? did a, a daily nine with the two-foot-eight-inch putt, slight right to left here. I only saw him make the first putt, but I just had to see if Riggs made all nine of them Just <laughs> trying to prove if Tommy would miss one.
4: Like, the thing is there, we've seen Tommy not close out big tournaments, big moments before you know scotty doesn't have any wins on the pga tour i believe he's still on that list of right and he doesn't have any majors anything like that yeah obviously it's a rider Cup's a little bit different all that kind of stuff but i think you have to put him in that pressure situation the w- only thing that happens in you know differently if you miss the putt yeah it's good then it, then that's a totally different situation but you at least have to put that
2: it brings up the question like should the individual player even be making that call at the end I think you have to keep it's that. kind of how that's hard. part it's, of is the, that part of the thing. Yeah. yeah. I I have a question. I mean, we talk a lot about like do you want a hard like so the 16th hole was like the they kept calling it like the jewel of the course or whatever, right? Like it was it was fun cuz you could go for it risk reward, but like you guys always say you'd like a long hard par 4 or something to decide tournaments. Like do you think it was a little did you like the the fact that there was a drivable par 4 at the end to like make it so it was a lot of drama or is it did it, did it feel a little bit like A little shallow, like I I liked it generally, but I just I'm curious because I feel like every time we ask that question, especially Dub, who's he's basically like, I'd rather have like a 500 yard par four like to decide something or something. Well, that's
0: 16. I think 17, right, 180 yard par three with some disgusting slopes is a good hole, and then 18's a a reachable, but you're gonna hit three wood into it, par five. I think that's I I like that mix. You got you got a very birdieable. You got a birdie 16. You got a par 17, and you probably got a birdie 18. I think that this course. Showed out pretty nicely. I had a couple drivable par fours. I mean, all in all, I didn't find many problems with it.
3: 14 and 15 on this course were both very long, very hard par fours. Disgustingly That's hard. true. Yeah. And it
2: seems like most matches were decided at 16, or they were pretty much, that was like the final hole yeah. in a lot
4: of instances. But I, I think the big difference here is stroke play, standard tournament versus a match play situation. Mm. I think those holes for a coming down the stretch in match play. Are phenomenal it's great entertainment value because you like if it if it even gets to those last few holes you know it's already it's got to be a tight match things are going well and then you just allow for some fireworks which makes it just entertainment watching fun for the players fun for everybody involved so I love that setup for um this kind of tournament I
0: think play. those last three holes are all very high variance holes 16 is mm-hmm. very birdieable. 17. There were some birdie opportunities, but you could make a bogey there pretty easily. And then 18, also very birdieable. But I don't think anyone hit the green in two on on Sunday as a par five. So I I think that the last three holes in this course, they allowed a player to catch up, but they also allowed a player to play well to win the match.
3: 17 was way more fun than I thought it was going to be. Like, I think it was day one, the morning rounds, maybe. They perched... The hole, like, way in the back corner.
2: You're on, watching like, at 4 a.m.
3: Yeah. <laughs> if you can, like, if I remember oh this correctly. My, I'm like, am I seeing this right where that
2: pin's placed? <laughs> but then,
3: like, the fall off to the left of the greens, like, made for some pretty good chip shots over the weekend. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed watching that hole when the pressure was on.
4: Did they move the pin placements between morning, afternoon sessions? Yep. I was never awake for the morning sessions because I valued my sleep a little bit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's close this episode out with probably the bigger news. The in, Asian Games. In, in golf this week, the Asian Games. Oh, I was joking. You actually want to talk yeah, about Yeah, let's it? talk about the Asian Games <laughs> a little bit, right? So it's like uh, every Asian country has two or three golf representatives that go and play this thing, and so it's a big deal for the South Korean golfers because if you win a gold in an individual competition or in a team format... You then forego you get to forego the 20 months of mandatory military service. That's a long time. Well, Siwoo and Sung Jay, they, they end up winning this thing by, they shoot like 70 under through, I don't know how many rounds or how many scores were counted. They win by like 20. And now these guys don't have to go and join the army. Like, what an Crazy. amazing story.
2: Crazy.
4: It's, it's wild because we've seen basically the opposite happen where mm-hmm. they, you know, golfers that are playing phenomenal golf in the peak of their career are having to be pulled off the tour and then just never make their way oh, back. Oh, there's so many. Uh, so, like, for them to you know be able to get that because it's what there's only it's either the Olympics. This is a rel- This was a new, I think this is the first year the Asian mm-hmm. games would count towards it or maybe the first year of the Asian games. Can't say I'm too versed with, um, Big Asian games guys. international are, yeah. competitions that are happening, but you know, this is great for these guys that we've seen in competition at majors in, you know, winning tournaments, all that kind of stuff. So like the, they're actually gonna be out there playing next year is,
0: Cute, and it wasn't like they just had to show up for this thing. They just shoot seventy something <laughs> under, so they played incredible golf. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, apparently well, they, they could have well, shot so like fifty one like under too. Years. So like they they had
4: they had some leeway, <laughs> yeah. seemingly. But, but
0: then also, right, the Olympics is the only opportunity other than that that I know for but a I golfer. There is something else, I but that's do do an individual that. event. So, yeah. like you know, it could be like Sung Jae and C because I think a couple a couple representatives from each country are kind of sent. So it could be like Sung Jae and C in the final pairing at the Olympics. Like whoever wins doesn't have to get military service. Yeah. Well, I think, it's, think
4: like, it's just any medal is the rule, or maybe it's like a bronze. You have they'll do like six months or something. Else,
0: right, or like it. shorter term. I you was, know, you uh, gotta
4: win the Ryder Cup. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's so hard. Okay. I get, it's interesting to think about... Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Never mind.
2: What's interesting, Ken? You want to talk well, about the political well, the landscape world? of South Korea? I don't know much. Uh, North Korea. Let's talk about North Korea. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't know. The ultimate, when I was watching the Ryder Cup, I was like, oh, there's so many good golfers that are not out here, like Cam Smith and <laughs> <laughs> Joaquin and Sung Jae. I'm like, it would be nice to have them out here, but I guess we have the Olympics and President's Cup. Yeah,
0: I don't think we need though. anyone else on the European team right now. We got our hands full with what they already uh, have. Extend the boundary of Europe to include <laughs> the rest of the world.
2: I did hear some
4: calls for uh, another revision to the Ryder Cup of, you know, make it just all of the Americas versus all of Europe or something like uh. that. Which I
0: don't I think, guess we'd yeah, I guess up we, the, we'd, uh, pick up, we'd, yeah, we'd pick up like Joaquin and Mito, Mito and like maybe like Munoz. Munoz a little Canada like Kenzie Hughes Canadian Canada. Boy Adam Hadwin Hadwin mm-hmm. Corey Connors I don't know if it would help us that much <laughs> we, a, None of those guys like, made the team They'd be getting Hideki <laughs> and Cam Smith and oh, Yeah God. It not look good Oh we us. didn't say
4: they got all of Asia They have already got just 27 Australia. countries
0: That's 50 That's 50 countries There's that are 50 European out. countries yeah, yeah, Jesus saw Here's too. an
4: idea Whoever wins
3: the President's Cup gets to compete in the Ryder Cup the next year like Make that. it a three-way thing yeah. I like that No just swap out Like if we lose to the international team then they play the European. Oh like relegation Yeah yeah.
2: Oh God. Who is Ryder anyway?
0: Sam Ryder But
2: So wait, does
4: that mean uh, Europe
0: can no, never the be relegated? That's the guy that's holding tour well, uh, Or does that mean no, Europe the gets relegated? The Ryder,
3: loser of the Ryder Cup comes yes. back to
4: the President's Cup I love this
0: And then if I, the President's I, Cup is just the losing team versus it, the BPO it, it, fe- <laughs> it,
4: it feels really weird to me that the uh, President's Cup would still be called the President's Cup at that point but <laughs> The Dictator's Cup? The Prime Minister's Cup <laughs> Depending on like who's in
3: Since we're we're going off the rails here, who are you guys picking for the Sanderson Farms this weekend? Uh, Matt Hughes, defending
0: champ. Hell, Jackson, Mississippi, you say. Uh, Tiger Woods playing? Hunter if Seth's playing. Let's
2: (laughs) actually see. Let's see. Let's see who's playing here. While we're looking
4: up who's in that field, I was curious, like, who do you guys want the captain of the U.S. Ryder Cup team to be in 2025? Tiger. I don't know if Tiger would be a good captain. Like, he'd, like, the team would like him, obviously, but... He was not a great
0: rider. So I think play. that Tiger may not Bubba. want to be captain because there's a lot of things you have to do as <laughs> captain. And Tiger's like, I'm not doing this bullshit. What, he's going to be caddying for Charlie? Like as much <laughs> shit as Zach Johnson got, I don't know. I think he was probably a decent captain. I think what what Zach Johnson does like behind closed doors and for the team, he probably did a great job. Like I can see him being like so on top of like all the paperwork and stuff like that. I, I think we need to bring Phil back. <laughs> he's right on top over, of oh, the oh, paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Zach, Zach Zach's like accounted. As soon as a request comes in, Zach's like, I'm on it. <laughs> I'm not a, not a great captain on the course, but, man, yo, paperwork, I'm on it. What about Freddy? Why isn't Freddy... He's the secret well, one, captain. why
3: isn't Freddy, like, hasn't he... Has he been a captain yet? I don't think so. And if not... Second question, why is he so out of the loop? Because he was like spreading
0: disinformation.
4: <laughs> he hasn't been trusted with the captain. There's Freddie, too, Freddie, there's Freddie too like many the things guy. happening inside the PGA that they don't want to like let out that they don't trust Freddie. Fred,
0: yeah, he says, number one, mm-hmm. Cam Smith, is, or Cam Young, going to be on this team. Cam Young, no. not on this team. Freddie also says, JT Jordan, definitely going out in the first match. Anybody JT hammering Aberg?
2: I was just going to say, there's one Ryder Cup player playing in this. Ludwig. Got to hammer him, right?
0: Coming
4: uh, off a hot win, or is yeah. he just too hungover? Yeah, I think okay. Doug
2: Gim's going to win.
4: It's <laughs> a good pick. Nice,
0: Doug Gim. yeah.
2: You know who's going to be a captain of the Ryder Cup? Kevin Streelman. <laughs> That's a
0: good oh, one. Streels would be great. <laughs> Streels wow. is a big fan Cam favorite. Champ. I saw, I saw Stewart Sink, Sink out there. Why not give him a chance?
2: Yeah.
3: Him and his three sons that are always caddying for him.
0: <laughs> I do feel bad. I think that Zach Johnson's going to be looked upon poorly for this, this event, and I'm not sure that he really was that bad of a captain. I think Ultimately, it wasn't that like, good of one. Well, ultimate, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say he was good, but I wouldn't say he was bad. I would say these guys just played like shit. God, like three or four players in the United States team that we really expected to come out and play well, played terribly, and we only lost by five points. So maybe Zach Johnson actually wasn't that bad of a captain. We had like four or five guys play terribly, we only lost by five points. That's something to think about. I, I, think, he's,
4: I think he's gotten too much shit on his captain's pick which I don't think they you can justify And now you're that. defending him?
2: No. Like, I, I, you, know, you know, the thing that's wrong about no, Jordan Spieth is that Zach Johnson <laughs> <fucked up. laughs> And
4: I stand by that statement, Ken.
2: Ben, if I give you plus if I give you plus 500 for Kevin Mitchell being on the Ryder Cup next to Who's
0: Kevin Keith? Mitchell? Keith? I know his brother <laughs> Keith. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry.
1: Keith plus 5 I'm going to do more I'll than plus again. 500 for his Kevin twin Mitchell. twin brother, Kevin. <laughs> this is Erasmus
2: Nikolai. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck.
0: All right, if I were to give you plus 500 for Keith
2: Mitchell to be on the Ryder Cup in two years, well, would you take that bet? I sure. would
0: take it that he wouldn't be on the Cup, yes.
2: No, no, plus 500 he would be on it.
0: No, I don't think he will be.
2: You don't think he will be? Why, no. do, why
1: do you look so
0: surprised? He's not in the boys club. <laughs> I don't know. The- I was looking at Americans. I was just
2: looking at Americans for next Ryder Cup, and I was thinking about it. I thought you liked him.
0: I do. He's not a bad one. He hits the, he hits, he's a really good driver of golf ball. I don't know. Beth Page is not like a place you can kill it with the driver, but if it was a course that, like, like whistling straights, I think Keith Wichel <laughs> would have been an incredible pick. He's a good driver to go wedge player.
3: but you know, Who would have been an asset this week if he was
2: playing well? Tony Finau, Tiger Woods.
0: Yeah. Tony Fina would have been great. We
3: need him back. What about
2: Eric Cole?
0: No. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just I love Eric say. Cole, but God, no.
2: All right, I'm just going to say random American golfers, and you used to tell me. Mark Hubbard.
3: No. <laughs> How about Chris Kirk? What about no.
2: <laughs> so- Chris Kirk?
3: Chris Kirk, maybe. Bo Hostler. Chris Kirk, maybe. Chris Kirk does not inspire me. Is Chris Luke, Kirk, maybe. Is
2: Luke List American? No. Yeah,
3: he's bad. <laughs> yeah, no, he's
0: a big no. Uh,
2: Gary Kigo is South African. Steph Curry. Steve, Stephen Yeager, <laughs> is he German? Stephen Yeager
0: he he's German. German.
2: Steven. <laughs> Sam Stevens. <laughs> Get Sam to the Yeager. Sam Stevens. I don't know who that is.
0: <laughs> oh, Sam Stevens, he's young. He, he may be on a Ryder Cup, not the next one. Webb
2: Web Simpson. He's done. Has he been Webbs
0: been on a Ryder cup before? Webb could be a captain. That'd be a yeah, great be, captain. How about Gordon Sargent? Sargent on the next one? Ooh, That's right, an like, interesting one. He only drives like 380 yards. Rose Zhang. Let's get her on there. Yeah, she would probably do better than Jordan Spieth. Whoa. <laughs> All right, what about didn't Denny? she just do horrible in the Soul Cup? Yeah, she didn't do <laughs> Tyler's great. like, why is this episode not over yet?
2: <laughs> what about Denny? Denny's actually. I think Denny's sure. peaked.
0: I think he's peaked a little, but we'll see.
2: Okay. I'm gonna ask you a couple more. Ready?
0: We <laughs> get two more, and then we're wrapping it. All up. All right, hold on, hold on. Do I need to get another beer for this? Keith? Let me get some good ones. Scroll okay, down, on. down, 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 down.
2: Let me go further. Let me go further. You know who's not ever gonna make a Ryder Cup for his entire life is Matthew Wolf.
0: <laughs> That's probably true. Jeez. Even with Liv, that is probably true. Cool.
2: Is the is Patrick Reed is he done?
0: Patrick ever? Reed, man, I think he's got to he be on ever? that. He's got to be on that team for Beth Page. Taylor He'd Gooch. be incredible there. So let's flip this a little bit. Let's talk. Let's talk about some of these live guys. And, and should they be on the team next year? I mean, it, it'll, all, it'll all depend on like current form. But DJ and Bryson and or anyone on the Gooch? range goats. Yeah, let's DJ DJ, a,
4: DJ feels iffy to me. Bryson feels more of one you'd want there because he's that is a bomb and gouge quote unquote course. I think if DJ plays well in the majors in two years, he's definitely on the team. If, but I mean, isn't he the same age as Tiger? Like, obviously they're. I, just in terms of like getting older, getting losing some of the distance. That's two more he's years just, down the line.
3: There's no
0: way he's the same age as he's, Tiger. He's, he's not far. Who DJ? is like 38. Yeah,
4: he's four or five years younger. Whatever. He's
1: it's like seven, he's, eight. He's up there. <laughs> I do have two <laughs> good. I have
0: two
4: more
2: good
0: ones, and I'll stop.
1: Yes, two,
2: and then <laughs> we're
0: wrapping. Yes. Up.
2: No, Willie Z. Yes.
0: Yeah. And Taylor Gooch. Gooch, I think, is an interesting one. When we talk about all the snubs from Live, like DJ and Bryson, jump off the page, but. It's it's so tough to tell how well they're playing, right? Because I do fully believe that Live is certainly exhibition golf, but Gooch would have had a great game for this course. Pretty straight driver, the golf ball. Great. All right, There's player. an eight-year
3: difference. Sorry. How about how about next we're talking about captains? How about next time we just make all the captains Live guys? <laughs> <laughs> Phil Bubba, who else can we throw in there?
4: What, what who's the head of Liv? Dude, Kadum, whatever the <laughs> hell's name
0: is, I don't know.
3: We get Big J Monahan to be an assistant captain. Here's a question Is
0: Jay is Monahan it? still the president of the PGA Tour he wears by the, the next Sutter, Ryder Cup?
2: He wears the Ruben Stutter 99 jersey. He just says Big J
0: on the back and walks around. How did we not see a He's single thing Ruben from Jay Monahan S- this week? What a joke. All right, that does it for us here. If you haven't yet, head on over and check out our Instagram at Big Players Only Pod. We'll probably see you in a couple of weeks to wrap up some of the golf that's happening.